Well, it's been a while, but welcome everyone to our latest edition of BAMS Radio, our post-spring wrap-up A-Day, the Golden Flake A-Day game ends yesterday, the Crimson winning 30-21 to as the MVP of the game ended up being a defensive back, and that was Malachi Moore. We probably didn't see that coming. Personally, I voted for uh, the Freakazoid, known as Justice Haynes, and his three touchdowns. Uh, and I also voted for the lineman of the game, Quandarius Robinson. He didn't win that. That was Tim Smith, the senior, the rising senior. Hard to believe he's already a senior. He wins the uh, Dwight Stevenson lineman of the game award. Uh, we're going to talk about the A-Day game here with my usual cohorts, Thomas the Wizard Watts, in the port city of Mobile, producing the show, keeping us on the air. And also, just uh, I'll just uh, we'll get his thoughts on the spring as a whole, what he liked. Uh, what he saw, what the, you know, what he was hearing coming from the scrimmages and from May Day. And, of course, from 89 to 1993, uh, William Redfish Barger, a 92 national champion and someone that is always closely connected to the Crimson Tide program. Well, William, uh, I thought a, a pretty solid A-Day overall. There's always things to gripe about. Uh, but the first thing that I like is the play along the line of scrimmage, especially along the O-line. And I thought defensively, they looked more sound. Uh, wasn't as many busts or big plays as we happened to see along in the in the Pete Golding era. Uh, I liked what I saw overall. I thought there was enough to build on. You're never going to be perfect in a spring or a spring game, but your overall thoughts on what you saw yesterday in Tuscaloosa? Well, the, the first thing was when I saw the final score of the Ole Miss spring game, I was glad we've got a new defensive coordinator. <laughs> Um, I mean, that was ugly, but, um, you know, I, I think first of all, I don't ever really put a lot of stock in the eight, day game. I mean, it's nowhere near as long and as brutal and as many pad practices as spring football practice in college once was, but still by this, this time, man, those kids are sick of banging on each other. Um, you know, the, the, uh, semester, you know, classes are over with in a couple of weeks. They're ready to have 30 days off, you know, before they have to report at the end of May for, for summer camp or, so, excuse me, summer conditioning and summer school. But, um, you know, I, I think it's been a productive spring practice. Um, you know, I think there's still probably some, some question marks that need to be answered. Um, you know, the, um, the only two, like, I, I would say, pieces of scoop that, that, that I got from yesterday. Um, and one of them I was wrong on. I have no trouble admitting when I'm wrong. It does sound like I'm not saying that they're going to take one, but coming from a pretty good source, they are going to go looking for a quarterback in the portal. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other, the other piece of it that is, you know, I think good news for Alabama, but it's going to break some hearts down in Lee County if they pull it off. Uh, but they're starting to feel pretty good about flipping the linebacker from Clanton, uh, Riddick. Yeah, uh, it I was, was there. It was there yeah. yesterday. That's right. I had uh, a, guy, a friend of mine that uh, was there. He was uh, at. Uh, he was on the Walk of Champions. He he watched Nick Saban drive up with the kid uh, and uh, get out of the SUV and put on the full court press and then hand him off to Ha Ha Clinton Dick. So I think there's no question that Demarcus Riddick. Uh, is uh, is uh, going to, uh, you know, be a priority for this staff going forward. I agree. But going back to spring practice, you know, I, I think that, you know, you, you can draw some, you know, some decent conclusions heading into fall camp from, from the overall body of work is, you know, I, I think they've uh, got a chance to be um, certainly probably not in the, in the get-go, um, back to the level of what you saw out of the offensive line in 2020. But but I do think it will be closer to that than what you saw the last two years. Um, there were just, you know, and, and when you watch the A-Day game and you see, a, you know, that many true freshmen involved in the 2D roster, that's all the proof that you need. Um, there was a lot of bad evaluations, a lot of players taken that, you know, couldn't play to that standard. And, uh, you know, luckily they've made up for it in a short period of time with some really good um, quality young kids. Um, you know, I think at least two of them are going to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, win starting roles 
um, along that offensive line. You may have a, you know, a good competition um, in fall camp between, you know, Caden Proctor and Elijah Pritchett for that left tackle job. Uh, I think Proctor really took some some steps forward this spring. And, you know, another guy that could get himself into the mix, um, you know, for a guard spot that, that really caught a lot of people's eyes the last two weekends is uh, Olas Elon, or however you pronounce his last name. He's uh, starting to really, you know, get things in, in, in groove. And so, you know, I think they've got the pieces um, to have a really successful offensive line this year. Obviously, um, you know, when you've got a, a first-year player or possibly two first-year players working at that left tackle spot, the, um, you know, the pass protection is going to take, take a while to catch up with um, the run blocking. But, you know, I, I just think um, that this just reminds me of a lot of, you know, when you, when you switch over there, you know, I think Alabama's running back room is loaded. Um, I, I think that they can still get better and improve at the wide receiver position. Um, and, you know, of course, the one that everybody wants, uh, you know, an answer to, and, and you know, it's still going to be to be determined. I think it's going to be, you know, very similar to what you saw Nick Saban do with uh, – uh, AJ McCarron and uh, Philip Sims. Yeah, yeah Philip Sims. I was about to say Blake, but that's the wrong, yeah. the wrong Sims. Um, you know that thing spilled over into the first game, and and you know based on who performed the best, which it was AJ McCarron, that's who started the next week against Penn State. So, you know, I, I think that's probably how this thing is going to play out, unless somebody just really, you know, hits it out of the park in fall camp. Um, but, but all in all, I mean, on the offensive side of the football, um, you know, I, I think that they've got the ingredients there to, uh, obviously there is nobody on that roster that can replace the things that Bryce Young brought to that offense over the last two years. There's just not, uh, now there may be somebody coming next year that can in California. Um, and there, there is a lot of, you know, positive buzz, you know, coming out of that football building about the, uh, um, the, the the high school quarterback that's committed to Alabama right now, Justin saying, um, you yeah. know, they think he's got a chance to be another, you know, two of, um, you know, Bryce type of player at that position. So we'll just have to wait and see. But um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, it's I, I can tell that they're already going to be more organized, better communication. Um, you know, they just got to wait till they get all those injured players back that, that yeah, you know, yeah. sat out. Um, they had a lot of missing pieces um, that, you know, were held out of spring. But I uh, you know, heard a lot of report, good reports from the scrimmage about how everything looks, you know, to be trending back in the right direction. Um, we're really excited with the new coaching hires and stuff. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm certainly not sitting here ready to say that this team's going to be a national championship contender. But I don't get all the hand wringing and the doom and gloom that's going around either. I mean, it's it's spring. Yeah, it is. It's spring, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll see. I I think that overall, you know, my thoughts are, you know, re- and people need to remember the the transfer portal is only open for another week. So if you're going to get said quarterback, and I'll still have to, you know, see it to believe it because I don't see a guy out there right now. Now within 20, exactly. 48 hours, maybe one goes in there and you can go after him, but there isn't really one to me that's an upgrade. And I never believed the Van Dyke, you know, stuff, uh, you know, uh, you know no, that, that uh, was, that was, that was all about NIL leverage. Oh yeah. It was all about Rosenhaus trying to get his client more money and no doubt about that. And so that's what I truly believed uh, there. No question about it. And so, uh, I know that's uh, I believe that's what they were they definitely wanted. They were trying to get him some more money. Uh, I, I'm not even sure he's an upgrade for what could happen at the Alabama QB spot because I still like Ty Simpson a lot. I mean, I love uh, the athleticism of, uh, you know, uh, certainly of Jalen Milrow. But once again, while he made three or four really nice throws, it was just too much inconsistency. Certainly the throw to C.J. Henderson for a 36 yard touchdown was really nice. Uh, and he made some good throws in the game, but uh, just not consistent enough through through two interceptions, including a bad one to Christian Story, who, by the way, I love Story. I think he's going to play a much bigger role in the secondary. And I'll talk about the defense later. But 
I, I've got a little bit of, of information too to break in here in this chat, uh, in this podcast. I think Ty Simpson, he, he was 12 of 26 for 155. Had a gave a, he threw a pick. It was nearly a touchdown to Kobe Prentice, but Earl Little Jr., who's another young defender, I think he's going to really step up. Made an NFL level diving interception. It was just an unbelievable play. Uh, and then the very next uh, play was when the, the bad interception for uh, Jalen Milrow. But again, Ty, uh, I, he had at least five or six drops. I mean, most of them by, uh, you know, as we said, Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton and Bond uh, did not have a good game. Uh, Bond did not help out at times with uh, Jalen Milrow, that's for sure. Um, I think Bond's going to be a solid player, though. I think he had a good spring. the bad A day. Burton, though, we've seen this for three-plus years. He's just not consistent. Uh, he drives me up a wall. I mean, he's just – it's almost like he's got ADD. He doesn't concentrate and do his job because – Ty hit him several times. Now, Ty finally hit him for a 57-yard deep catch. But, you know, if Burton were doing his job, he would have had a chance at A-Day MVP, he or Ty, because they would have hooked up uh, for well over 100 yards. And so uh, that's just, to me, it's just one of those things where, um, uh, you know, they've got to do a better job. But the the news that I have is I, I like Ty's performance even more because early in the scrimmage, he dislocated his thumb and played the entire scrimmage with it and still threw the ball I thought pretty well and is having an MRI today but again he suffered an injury he played through it uh still I thought I was watching both all all the quarterbacks he went through his reps quickly his head moved uh and again I thought that there was only maybe once or twice where he was a little late one was to nigh black and he still probably should have held on but unlike what we've seen the last couple of years, Alabama was hitting defensively, knocked the ball out. They did the same thing with Miles Kitzelman, who should have held on. And then, quite frankly, Burton should have had a 40-yard touchdown catch, but the DBs knocked it out, too. But again, I just got to i gotta give credit to Ty. I thought he played well. I thought he showed some nifty mobility. Uh, he ran six times for 58 yards. And, of course, we know Milrow had the 35-yard touchdown. But I'll say it, and I'll say it again. I'm not so – worried about getting a quarterback out of the portal for Alabama. I just think Alabama needs to hold on to all four of theirs and keep their guys in there and keep them competing because I saw enough, you know, out of Dylan Lonergan. I thought he showed a lot. Uh, He's got a chance to be a good quarterback as as he continues to develop. I really like the way he threw it at times. And then Eli Holstein, he's a little raw, but he's big and strong. You can tell he's got the arm talent. Uh, And so I just would like to see both those guys develop and the best way to do that is for Alabama to hold on to their guys, and that's what I think should it needs to happen. I still think Ty is the guy that's going to give them the best chance to win next year with what they want to do because I love that backfield. It's got to be the deepest in college football because, William, as you know, uh, I, Justice Haynes would have been my MVP. He had 64 or so total yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he just looks like a, a, a maybe a bigger version of Mark Ingram. So, boys, I love his vision and his patience running the ball. We know what Jace McClellan can do. Roy Dell has a role. And then Jam Miller, outstanding player. And that doesn't even count Richard Young, who won't be there till June. So, it's just an embarrassment of riches at running back. And then with that offensive line and the progress he's made, you mentioned Olas, Alenin. Uh, I really like that whole group. I mean, that – that second O-line is huge, uh, you know, and it was pretty much the entire recruiting class except for uh, Brockermeyer at center, who I thought did a solid job. Then Formby got in there as well. So they're some outstanding young linemen, and I, I agree with you, William. I think it's going to be a really interesting battle. You've already made point of how much Cam Robinson improved from the spring to the, to the fall of his freshman year. If Proctor can make that same improvement, He's going to give Elijah Pritchett all he wants. And competition breeds, you know, I, I think uh, a good football team. And iron sharpens iron. So I still think I like Booker, you know, at right guard. I like McLaughlin. We'll see if Dow Court can hang on to the left guard slot. But, again, there, I really like where the O-line is and where this offense is. I think they've developed some depth at tight end. Danny Lewis had a good game yesterday, had a good spring. Uh, they didn't. We didn't see a whole lot of Dupree. He's been banged up. I think he's going to be fine. 
Uh, they like, and I think Kitzelman could be quality depth. They're going to get, of course, uh, you know, Robbie Oots back, and because he, he didn't really practice, he was one of the guys that was out. Uh, but again, I just think, and then Nye Black, you know, got it, got it, hold on to the ball a little bit, but he's a dynamic guy. I think really the tight end room. If you're talking about offensively where they were at the end of the season to now, might be one of the most improved, uh, you know, rooms on the team, William. Yeah, and I think you made a, a, a kind of um, touched a nerve with me in a good way. Um, when you talk going back to the quarterbacks, you know, I, I'm not saying that one or both are going to get involved in the competition for the starting job. But those those two guys talking about Lonergan and Holstein for, you know, guys that should have probably been going to the senior prom in the last couple of weeks, um, I, I thought neither one of them really looked – you know, you, you always see these kids come in early and yeah. they just look total, totally overwhelmed and like they don't – they look like they don't belong there. And I think considering their age and the length of time on campus, you know, I think they both had – what I would consider to be better than better than expected performances, um, you know, throughout spring camp. And, you know, you're, you're starting to see, um, I think drew, um, you know, now at the offensive line position, it's a little bit different. I mean, yeah, it's because these guys are so good, but you had so many departures from guys that knew they were never going to you know, get in the mix. But, you know, this, this 2022, uh, or excuse me, 23 recruiting class is starting to really, um, you know, I think everybody kind of knew already that Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes were going to, you know, flash the minute they got on campus, which they did. Um, but, but it's really starting to look like a pretty quality, uh, you know, recruiting class from top to bottom. Yeah, it really is. And Thomas, I wanted to bring you in uh, before I, I start talking about the defense. But uh, what, what was your thoughts uh, on, uh, you know, offensively what you saw? So. I think, I think some level setting needs to happen. First off, this past season was at times excruciating to cheer for Alabama because if there was a foot to be, sh- if there was a foot to be shot, it was shot off. And the spring was really, you know, let's turn the page. Now, what does turn the page look like? Well, one of the big things for me was, and this stood out even yesterday at 8 a and you guys have already spoken about it pretty in depth there's competition everywhere on this team and they're quality players across the depth chart now that doesn't mean that you're going to have like a starting 66 or whatever the hell but that's what you want to see and you know i'll quote one william redfish barger even talking about the offensive line they're not in game trim right now they are uh, they're doing all that right now so you know to keep that with a grain of salt i think that when you look at the quarterbacks, the big thing for Jalen Milrow was, if you go back and watch the Texas A&M game, he had some wow plays. But he had some truly disaster plays that over a season will get you beat. And so what Milrow needed to do was, even if he got rid of a little bit of the wow, get rid of a lot of the crap that would get you beat. And I thought yesterday in the first half, by and large, Milrow was a lot more wow than he was oh crap. But then it really shifted to the point where he was a lot more, oh, crap, than wow. And that's a problem that Milrow has really started, has really kind of, that's, that's his central issue. And that's very alarming. When I look at Ty Simpson, I really thought that up until that second half that I just referenced, that Milrow was a little ahead of the game. But now... You know, Ty Simpson seems like the leader in the clubhouse as we go into the summer. Now, of course, what happens in the summer? Quarterbacks will be running seven-on-seven, developing rapport with receivers, throwing with receivers, yada, yada, yada. All of that stuff that happens in the offseason that we reference over and over again on BAMS Radio and other podcasts. So, you know, I think Ty is the leader in the clubhouse, but I don't think he's, you know, 18 and a half steps ahead of Milrow. I think the competition will be ongoing. I think if Alabama had to play tomorrow, Milrow would come out first, but there'd be kind of a split in terms of series. And we would kind of go into the season and see how it played out when it's live fire, not even playing against the same people for three weeks, essentially. So, you know, there are a lot of bits and pieces here that you can both get excited about, but then caveat as well. 
I thought, you know, talking about the offensive line, even if you take the getting into game trim thing aside, I think it's very good. One of the things that was said on the broadcast was the coaching staff feels like they have about six or seven players that can play quality offensive line snaps in the SEC. I mean, that that's, that's going to be a big deal because part of this offense is going to trend more run to set up the pass versus pass to set up the run. And that's just due to personnel, and that's also due to a shift in offensive philosophy. Well, you need dudes that can beat the snot out of folks up front if you're going to play that kind of game, which I think Alabama has. Wide receivers, you know, the Malik Benson drive was spectacular. So, you know, that you got to feel excited about that. Kendrick Law has had a wonderful spring by all accounts. Um, Jermaine Burton, enjoy your degree and keep your mouth shut as far as I'm concerned. He won't, he'll, he'll do the first part, but he won't do the second. And I just think at the end of the day, you can look at Alabama coming out of the spring, and as a fan, you have to ask yourself, do you want to go through summer being concerned that what we saw yesterday at 8A, the wide receivers kind of struggle and the quarterbacks kind of struggle, that, oh, if Alabama doesn't do that, they're going to be terrible and I'm going to have to worry about it? Or do you want to be excited about the stuff that we did see, the better offensive line play, the competition everywhere, and understand that this season they're not national championships, national champions yet, and there's a long way to go. But, you know, how do you want to react to that? And then follow that up with ask yourself, what other team would you want to be? I think you could certainly make an argument for Georgia. Still has questions. You can make an argument for Ohio State. Still has questions. You can make an argument for LSU, and they actually have fewer questions if you ask me. But, you know, suddenly you're getting down to where you can only name five or six teams where you're like, oh, my God, I want to be them versus Alabama. And as we go into the summer, that's not a bad spot to be, Drew. So I think there's a lot of things to be excited about about this football team as it sits right now. Yeah, and I, I'll just say this uh, real quick about the wide receivers. Like I said, Burton and Vaughn didn't have a good day, but I still have a lot of confidence in Vaughn being a guy in the rotation. Uh, I thought Kendrick Law really stepped up last week and uh, did some good things yesterday. I think he's shown a lot, so Burton better watch out with Kendrick Law. We didn't see a ton of Malik Benson, but I think he's shown some ability. He had the late touchdown yesterday. I still think He's going to be a, a big-time rotation guy. Of course, Ja'Cory Brooks. We know he brings a junkyard dog mentality. He's a guy you can go to on a clutch down. Uh, there's no question about that. So, uh, you know, I still think they have enough numbers. at the I, I even saw enough good things out of Jalen Hale and Jaron Hamilton. They're, they're not there yet, but they're young guys to watch, uh, no doubt about it. And so I think there's a lot of good young players. You know, at the wide receiver spot, of course, Kobe Prentice. But they've got enough to work with. So if Burton, you know, d- doesn't step up and realizes this is his last chance and he gets passed, then I think Alabama's got enough talent uh, to, you know, to still be very effective, especially with the kind of offense they want to put out on the field, uh, which I think is Tommy Reese doing some two tight ends, running the football, trying to make it easier on the quarterbacks, uh, no doubt about it. But, again, I just I like where Ty is. I think he's going to continue to get better. Showed a lot of toughness playing with that dislocated thumb. And I still thought throwing the ball well. And when he had, you know, all, really close to six drops in the game. So, again, he didn't get a lot of help. But he could have thrown for well over 200 yards. And that's mostly with the twos. So, uh, I still think long term going into the fall, is he, if he continues to work and grind, uh, he has a lot of talent and can be – the next guy at the quarterback position. And William mentioned Julian saying he was in Tuscaloosa. Certainly he's got a bright future and he will throw his name and the, his ring, his hat in the ring next year. But I, you know, I've had people tell me he'll start the minute he gets on campus. I've never bought into that kind of thing. Cause you know, Bryce didn't do it. Everybody thought he'd beat out Mac. Didn't happen Tua didn't do it till the end of the year. So, you know, I, I still believe in Ty. I think he's made of the right stuff. So, We'll see how it plays out. Now, defensively, uh, that's where I got a little bit excited. I still think the D-line's got to improve, but when you think about not having Deontay Lawson at the mic, uh, you don't have your two best outside backers in Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. You don't have John Marion Latham and really only had a boy be situationally. I think this defense is going to be pretty salty. 
I really like what I saw from a hitting standpoint. The thing that excites me the most is they lost a lot of experience in the secondary, but I think they've got a lot of great young talent. The safety room really excites me because from this point forward, he will be the great Caleb Downs because that's what Caleb Downs is. He had a pick yesterday. Uh, you know, he, 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 had, he ended up with several tackles in the game. His form tackling is just exquisite. I think it's, you know, it's tough to, and people think this is putting the pressure on him, but I think he's already better than Jordan Battle and Helms. I I just think he's a, he's the next Minka. I think he's going to be remarkable. And I do like Story. He's bided his time. Malachi's experience. He had to move to the star yesterday and was MVP because he's used to playing that spot. And they lost Traquan Fagans and Jarquez Robinson to the portal. And those are two star guys. But don't forget Earl Little Jr., I think, and then Jake Pope. Pope had, I think, eight tackles, had a breakup from the from Burton, uh, you know, and I, I just really think uh, that, uh, you know, Pope showed a lot. And people forget about him. He's a redshirt freshman. I just think there's a lot of good young DBs, and I'm going to tell you what. I'm anxious to see what Traverius Robinson can do with this group, coaching them himself, uh, you know, coaching this group as a whole. And so I just think the secondary, to me, when I looked at it, I, I was really excited about it. And then linebacker, I voted for Quandarius Robinson to be MVP, the lineman of the game. He's a linebacker, but you can vote for, you know, li- uh, you know them for lineman of the game. I thought he did a great job. Uh, you know, he had like three sacks in the game. He took advantage of some opportunities with guys being out. He and Keanu Coot provide depth. And then an inside backer, I mean, I've already mentioned Deontay Lawson will be back, but We'll see if it's going to be Trez Marshall beside him. Uh, you know, is it going to be – could it be a guy like Justin Jefferson who could really run, who impressed me yesterday? You've still got Kendrick Blackshire, uh, no doubt about it. There, There's a lot of guys at inside backer. And then, uh, of course, Jahad Campbell and Sean Murphy. I just really like the linebacker depth. And I think, uh, you know, Robert Bala is a guy that I'm hearing a lot of good things about as far as coaching these middle linebackers. And I just never felt like Pete Golding did a very good job with them. There was always been aware guys out of position. And I just think we're already seeing, and William kind of referenced it, uh, that, that these guys look more organized. There's better communication. And I'm just really excited about, you know, this, this defense, especially if the D-line continues to improve. That's the biggest, my biggest worry going into the season, obviously, guys is the defensive line and Freddie Roach getting those guys ready to play and improve because I think, you know, that the pieces are there and the bones to have a really good football team, William. Yeah, and I I think, too, that's that's something you mentioned that that I think, you know, led to, um, you know, I'm not going to blame everything on Pete Golding, but that was one of the big – um, things where I saw a, just a change in the type of players um, that were on the back end of the defense. And, and you know, I, I kind of felt sorry for uh, back in the Minka Fitzpatrick days. You know, Alabama had a couple of scholarship quarterbacks that, you know, really, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but they, they really didn't have the arm strength to drive a ball down the deep middle of the field. Both of their deep balls would float. And, man, you'd go to a practice or a scrimmage, and that damn Minka had such good range for a player. Um, yeah. Safety. I mean, he would make life hell for, for both of these guys, um, you know, in practice. And, and you know, I, I agree. I, I don't think, you know, maybe Branch was kind of close to Minka um, or, or the closest of the, the bunch. But, you know, Helms and Battle just didn't have that range where, you know, if the ball floated a little bit, they just didn't quite have the speed to get to it and make a play on it all the time. And I think that's where, um, you know, Caleb Downs is going to really, you know, bring some value to, to this defense is, man, you you float one anywhere close to him and he's going to make a play. He may not intercept it every time, but he's going to bat it down. He's going to break the play up. And um, like you said, the, the you know, because of all the people that, you know, were held out with in, injury, especially at the outside linebacker position with Turner um, and uh, uh, Braswell, you know, being not available. You know, you're building even more depth at those two positions. 
I think they've got a lot of lot of dudes now at, back at uh, inside linebacker. And, and there again, you know, you saw some, you know, some some slight improvement already in the spring from what they did last season, and that's without three of their best players. Um, you know, if you throw Lawson into the mix. So, you know, I just think there's some, you know, there's a lot more bright stuff to talk about than, than doom and gloom. You just got to let them, you know, go through their summer, you know, summer conditioning program and fall camp. And, you know, like uh, Thomas was mentioning, you know, they'll, they'll peel the bad weight off of some of those young offensive linemen that need to peel it off. And, um, you know, you'll be looking at a different product come uh, September, you know, in September. Yeah, no question. I, and, and we know what Will Riker can do. You know, Upton Belafonte even made a couple of field goals, so that's good to have a backup since uh, uh, the backup moved on into the transfer portal So uh, from, the, from the last previous couple years. Uh, and so, again, and then Burnup, you know, he got one. He is, I think, one of the most improved guys. He had a nice A-day. Uh, so I think they're in pretty solid shape. Kool-Aid should be the punt returner. Downs would likely be the backup. We'll see. They've got enough athletes, fine guys to uh, return kickoffs. So they seem to be in pretty good shape. The key to me is going to be the continued maturation of Ty Simpson at quarterback, uh, certainly uh, developing those wide receivers a little bit more. Uh, and, that'll, that, and that'll go hand in hand with the QBs. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the defensive line. I think they've got enough pieces along the, uh, the offensive line. Now that we've got the A-Day game in the rear view, if you had to ask me, you know, what would Alabama look for in the transfer portal? I would say a defensive lineman, if it was a really good one, uh, maybe, you know, I think they're coming along enough on the O-line. I don't think they'd even look for an interior guy now based on what I saw. I think they would look uh, for uh, maybe a, a safety or corner with experience, uh, you know, besides, you know, maybe trying to, uh, you know, add, uh, you know, uh, uh, something to the D-line room. And then I think if they found a quarterback, you know, who was an upgrade, but I just don't see it. I don't – I think guys are going to be holding on to their quarterbacks because we all know no matter – everybody in Power 5 football is going to have NIL now, and who's the guy that's going to get paid the most money? Quarterback. It's the most important position, so it's going to be difficult to get one. So you need to be able to sign and develop what you've got. And that's what I think Alabama's got to do. But I do think they showed enough. And, Thomas, I was going to go to you. What did you think defensively? Because I know you're like me. You know, Wild Turkey Golding was driving you to drink half the time with uh, how he was preparing the defense. But what did you think watching the defense yesterday uh, on A-Day? Well, I thought that uh, the defense was, in some cases, decidedly not vanilla. (laughs) I mean, they were doing – stunt and twist games up front a good bit. They were stressing out the offensive line at multiple, on multiple occasions. I, I don't have a problem with that. You know, run your stuff. But I think the big thing is when you compare like, – and I'm not a Kevin Steele guy. Like I have been – I have, you know, worn him out on this podcast on more than one occasion. But when I think about how – this defense at least felt. And I know it's a feeling, so, you know, the data scientist has a feeling. I don't know what this means. But the defense looked really quick on the hoof. They did, You know, you didn't see a lot of missed tackles. You didn't see a lot of broken tackles. At least I didn't. And, you know, the ones that were, it was like, oh, Justice Haynes being Justice Haynes. You know, stuff like that. But I, I think your point about the defensive line is true. If you look at the 2022 team, it, there were two players who being missing radically, radically negatively affected them and erected that team. And it was for two, it was on both sides of the ball. You know, there was no Jamison Williams for the offense, and that kind of caused some clunkiness. But then on the defense, nobody became Fidarian Mathis. And I don't think we saw a Fidarian Mathis type player yesterday so you know maybe can one of the people can one of the many scholarship bodies on the defensive line become that possibly but you know I just I haven't seen that yet 
So, you know, if we can get some interior pressure from either the nose or the defensive tackle, depending on how Steele chooses to deploy his fronts, great. That was one of the things I was like, oh, boy, that could be kind of – that's something to keep an eye on as we move forward into the summer. But, you know, you're talking about a defense that didn't have a lot of its speed guys that still looked fast. And minus the corner situation due to – the choices of several players to go into the portal at the very last minute. The team, because of injury, you actually have development of quality depth. Now, I'm not saying that I want to have that depth to be tested. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that having that in your back pocket is a big deal because even with some of the rule changes with the, the first down thing that's still swirling. You're going to need guys to continue to play at a high level for 15 games. So if you can feel comfortable rotating players or if pace of play slows down because of that, or even, you know, I don't know how, how rule changes are going to affect this upcoming season is kind of the great big unknown. But, you know, having that sort of flexibility in your defensive packaging to send a guy out to just go, hey, you, random outside linebacker, you're going to get 10 plays a game. Go absolutely, you know, don't leave anything in the tank. That's an interesting piece for a Kevin Steele to play with. But just overall, Drew, I agree with you with the interior defensive lineman being kind of eh, but I thought – a lot of the defense played really, really fast, all up and down the two deep, or really the first team and the second team. And, you know, Caleb Downs, I mean, that we're going to have to basically give Caleb Downs like a five-minute segment on BAM's radio for the next three years to sing his praises because he is that dude. I mean, period, he is that guy. But, I mean, just, again, overall, a lot of speed, a lot of depth, a lot of things to be excited about, and – I feel like I might have to I might have to pull back my my criticism of Kevin Steele because I thought you know Kevin Steele I got stuck in my head about his time at LSU where his defenses were a flaming disaster but he looks like a guy that is able to correct some of the oversights that Pete Golding was unable to get through and the big one to me is he'll simplify the defense down enough where it's not see ball get ball but it's you don't have to worry about doing a partial differential equation in your head to figure out where to go see ball, get ball. And that, that's a big thing with the number of athletes that Alabama seems to be able to deploy, particularly in the back seven, Drew. Yeah, it is. There's no question about it. And uh, I'm anxious to see the development of this defense and uh, how they keep improving. Uh, you know, I'm anxious to see if Saban's done tinkering with his staff because – uh, I still think there's a couple of weak links with Freddie Roach and Coleman Hutchler there. I'm not saying both will be gone, but could one be moved off the field? Could they make another move? We'll see. I mean, uh, I know Nick Saban always has consultants. He has, you know, Pete Jenkins come every year and give him critiques on his staff. He gets critiques from other people. He always wants to hear other voices. And so I'll be interested to see how, you know, how, how satisfied he is where this team is. I do think he likes the team. I think he likes the attitude that they bring uh, and the lunch pail mentality. And I thought it was a – and I think I think for the most part, they didn't have any big-time injuries this, uh, also. And, you know, we've already brought up the fact defensively they held a lot of guys out like Deontay Lawson, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, certainly uh, John Marion Latham. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, they, they also – held out, uh, you know, their two uh, starting outside linebackers, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. So the defense can get even better. There's no question about it. Uh, so excited about that. Uh, you know, Cole Adams was off to a strong start in, as a slot receiver, I think, in the spring, but got hurt. Uh, so, uh, you know, ho- ho- he'll be a guy you'll be able to throw in there at wide receiver in the, in the uh, fall, too. So uh, I-, I think they've got enough players and enough pieces and if they found the perfect ones in the next several days, at, as I said, maybe at D-line, DB, uh, you know, maybe at quarterback, even though I think quarterbacks belong to the long shots, they might add someone. But I, I think they like where they are. 
Uh, and I think, you know, this team's got a chance to be really good. It's just going to depend on the quarterback position. You know, how far can Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow come uh, and take control of this football team? And, uh, you know, are they both going to stay? Because, uh, but I, again, if they're going to leave, they have to decide the next several days because the portal's going to close at the end of April. And then, you know, again, it's very difficult for me uh, to, to get to, to, and that's another thing about taking a quarterback out of the portal. He hadn't been with you in the spring. Uh, you know, he ha- he'll have to get around the guys in the summer, go through the fall, and you still hadn't seen it. I still remember when there was no portal, but Jake Coker did it. He came in at the end of spring, uh, and everybody thought he'd win the job in the fall, but Blake Sims won it. A.J. McCarron warned everybody, and Sims went on to have a great year, and then it took Coker a year to, re- to uh, you know, work behind him and grind, and then he had his one year. So, again, it's just, to me, sometimes it's fool's gold. You're thinking you're going to solve all your problems out of the transfer portal. It's still about recruiting your guys, developing your players. And William made a great point uh, the other day, or, or excuse me, I should say earlier in, our, in this, uh, in this, uh, in this uh, podcast uh, about, you know, developing your own guys and then and having, you know, and, and just de- and understanding – and having these guys go through spring together, and you know, and and you know, and growing as a unit. And I just think sometimes the transfer portal. I had a guy on on my radio show who who came out of the portal. He's moved from one basketball program to another, uh, but he he brought up a good point. He says sometimes the transfer portal can be scary. Sometimes that grass on the other side isn't always greener. It's been spray painted. Yep. You know, and I was just sitting here thinking, Drew, um, and, and I, I'm almost positive it was in the first quarter um, yesterday. But if, if you'll go back and look, I can think of at least two just and, – and we're not going to talk about last year. But I saw two plays that was a breath of fresh air for me from the same player. Um, I'm already seeing more – um, play recognition, being able to diagnose things quick. And when you get there, um, you put the running back down. But but Justin Jefferson flashed, I know, at least two times in the first quarter. Um, you know, once he saw the right guard pull um, and, and yeah. you know, filled that gap and blew the play up. And there was another time it looked like Justice Haynes was fixing to bounce it outside and you know, he, he ran up there with authority and, you know, didn't put him down necessarily, but, um, you know, held him long enough to where somebody else could finish the job for him. He kind of got a little overextended. But that was just nice to see um, based on some of the inside linebacker play that we've seen over the last few years. Um, I mean, I'm not saying the guy reminds me of Reuben Foster, but he gets from point A to point B pretty quickly and, and, and you know, gets there and, and you know, unleashes some violence he certainly does and i think i'm going to be interested to see how much better you know jefferson gets uh you know and i i because I, you're right i he can run like uh, uh you know a bat out of hell uh jihad campbell uh can do the same thing I, I i was impressed with him uh you know yesterday and i'd heard good things coming out of the scrimmage there's no question about it um, you know, it, it, there's, <laughs> and, and I think a lot with him was just learning and now being coached by somebody that's sober and, uh, and maybe doesn't have a crazy ass wife, even though there's more than one crazy ass wife in this world. I think everybody knows it, but Pete didn't have the, the easiest social life. It's not all his fault. And he had some issues. And so I just think the focus and the intensity and the, I guess, being comfortable in his own skin of Kevin Steele. Thomas kind of brought it up already. Is going to help Alabama. There's no crate. There's no question about that. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, and you know, I, I think in the future we know Jeremy Pruitt. He's uh, you know went to see the NCAA in Indianapolis. He's trying to keep Tennessee from railroading his career. I think you know Jeremy would be comfortable coming in in the staff eventually in a year or two and working under Steele and then taking over as DC. He and Steele have a good relationship. He told Saban to hire Steele. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, and I'd like to see Bo Davis back. Uh, I still would. I, I've been able to confirm that there is no NCAA stuff with Bo keeping him from Alabama. There's no Greg Byrne keeping him 
from Alabama as far as somebody not is telling Saban no. It's Saban's decision. So I'm just anxious to see what Coach does going forward. Uh, does he make changes uh, on the staff before the you know the fall, or does he stick with it? Then maybe make some at the you know after next year because he's never stood pat. Because I think Bo Davis more than likely is going to stay at, at Texas for another year, but I don't think he wants to after that. I I think he wants to get back. I, matter of fact, I know he wanted to go to LSU this year. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian wouldn't let him out of his contract. I wouldn't if I were Sark either. But, you know, if if, I, if Bo Davis wants to move and if I'm Nick Saban, uh, there's no question uh, that I would definitely give a, a long look to that because I think Bo is the perfect fit. You could move Freddie Roach potentially to outside backers. Uh, you know, you could uh, – or you could move and move Coleman Hutzler either off the field or, you know, to a, he could leave to go to another school. And I know he's a recruiter. And let's not. And speaking of that, because I'll give him, I will give Coleman that's the credit for this, because he, he, I think Nick Saban had a huge assist in it. But there's another player we haven't even seen, guys, and he was at the eight day game yesterday. Don't forget that Keon Keeley will be there in the fall too, and maybe he could bring even more juice, William, to that pass rush. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish he was here for the spring. Yeah, um, to get yeah. acclimated. But, you know, he'll be here at the end. I think they always have to report, like, the Friday before Memorial Day or something like that. Um, but, you know, I wish he had more time on campus, but we've seen other people do it. Now, um, that is one thing that I've heard that Kevin Steele, while still, you know, operating under the Nick Saban defensive playbook, is trying to simplify some things to make it easier, you know, on the young kids to, to get up to speed. But, um, you know, it's it's hard to believe. I mean, it seems like yesterday we were talking about the, you know, the the bowl game against Kansas State. Now we've got May first, you know, staring us in the face. So, you know, it goes by quickly. This summer's gonna, you know, go by fast, and we'll be, you know, talking about fall camp before you know it. But like I said, I, I just think there's a lot of positives um, that have come out of this, and and. Uh, you know, those positions where there's still some question marks, they'll they'll be, you know, close to being settled by the end of fall camp. So um, let's just let, uh, you know, the greatest of all time figure it out. And, you know, he, you know, I, 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 I am going to say this, especially after seeing how quickly with, with very little time, um, I, I think if, if, if Pete Golding hadn't have gone and taken another job, Whoever was the next defensive coordinator at the end of this year, if if, if Golding had come back, um, I, I think our defense would have been a pretty big mess for somebody to try and figure out. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I think that move ended up being a good one, um, you know, for all parties. Good luck to Pete at Ole Miss. Getting paid a lot of money uh, trying to help Lane Kiffin, uh, you know, and, and I'm really excited. Uh, to see, you know, the, the potential of this group, uh, you know, going forward, uh, no doubt. And uh, I think they've got a chance to uh, you know, be really good, uh, no doubt about it. And I think um, I think they got a chance to be really solid, um, you know, uh, overall. And, uh, and, and, and this pass rush, I think it, we haven't even seen the best of it without Dallas Turner, without Chris Braswell, without Keon Keeley. Uh, it could be even more disruptive. I still think Jamil Burroughs had a strong spring. Didn't do a lot on A-Day. But he could uh, be a factor as a pass rusher. I think this pass rush is going to be better. And, they, and, they, and hopefully that will lead to more turnovers. They did not create enough turnovers last year. Uh, but excited to, for that potential of that. No question about it. Uh, but, again, and I, I, I think also, uh, you know, I, if, if Ty Simpson grows into the job, I really think this Alabama team can fly into the radar and be really good. Now, we'll know a lot after the second week against Texas uh, where this team is because Sark's going to bring a good team into Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see this recruiting process get underway. William mentioned Demarcus Riddick. Uh, they got Caden Jones committed uh, the other day, the young man from Arden, North Carolina, uh, who – uh, you know, is uh, a guy that's 6'4", up to 220 pounds now. Uh, and I, he can play inside or out. Is a good commitment, I think, for Alabama. And a guy that I think can uh, will be a 
I, I don't think it would be a guy that gets on the field as a freakazoid like some of these guys in this recruiting class we've seen already and uh, Caleb Downs, certainly, and even Justin Jefferson in junior college and uh, some of these guys and Justice Haynes. But he's definitely a really good player. They got two good 2025 offensive linemen uh, committed already. Coach Wolford's doing a lot of good work there. And so the recruiting, I think, seems to be uh, going well. And then basketball-wise, I wanted to do a quick basketball update as we're wrapping up this episode. Two big pieces added for Nate Oates. Uh, in the last 24 hours going into A-Day, Aaron Estrada from Hofstra, who averaged over 20 last year, a combo guard, probably going to be their third guard. He comes in, he commits to Alabama over K-State, Florida State, and some others. Uh, and then also uh, they get a commitment this, from, uh, of course, this, this, this goes back to the William Barger era. I always loved Latrell's free will. Well, now it's Latrell Wright sell. And he's coming in uh, from Cal State Fullerton. Average 16 points a game was all Big West. He'll be a wing for Alabama and a, uh, another guard that can score from the perimeter. Latrell committed. So right now with the Jaquan Walton also being committed from Wichita State, former Carver Montgomery Wolverine, they've got three committed out of the portal, three signed in the high school class, Chris Parker, Sam Walters, Mohamed Diobate. And you add that with the six they believe are returning. That would be Charles Bediaco, Mark Sears, and Javon Quinterly, who are testing the NBA waters but are expected to return. And then along with Nick Pringle, Ryland Griffin, Davin Cosby. That's a really nice roster. And don't forget, they've still got a scholarship open. Nate Oates, there was a young man that just decommitted from Michigan. He reminds a lot of people of Noah Clowney. He's 6'9", 6'10", with a 7'4", wingspan. He plays at uh, South Kent School in the, in the state of Connecticut. And uh, his name is Papa Amadou Conte. So I'm going to have to learn that one to pronounce that properly. But watch him. He's another guy that Nate Oates is going to see. And he could be added soon. And, of course, Nate's been revamping his coaching staff, adding Ryan Pannone from the, uh, from the New Orleans Pelicans. And, of course, uh, in, uh, also uh, Austin Conch, the former head coach. Uh, Nickel State. So Alabama putting together another very strong basketball team, though. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Just wanted to give some of our BAMS listeners the latest there uh, and certainly are excited for Nate Oates going into his fifth year uh, at the helm of the University of Alabama. But it's been a great show. I guess uh, I, I'm excited about it. William, do you have any final thoughts? And then I'll, I'll give uh, Thomas the floor and, and we can close it down. I got to be honest with you. I'd be more interested in getting your final thoughts because we haven't even, you know, done a podcast since the basketball season ended. What were your thoughts on how the the way the basketball season played out? Well, you know, very disappointed. Uh, just still, I think it's the best Alabama team I've seen. But certainly, I thought they had an opportunity to go back to the Elite Eight for the second time and even to the Final Four. But they lost to some grown ass men. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how good the the San Diego State program is, and they ended up going on to play for the national championship. Uh, you know, they Coach Dutcher recruited the Fab Five about years ago for Michigan. He and Steve Fisher have done a great job with that program. They've been knocking on the door for years. Uh, you know, they 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 were very physical. Alabama still out rebounded them, but you know, a lot of shots that Alabama made during the regular seasons, especially from Brandon Miller, didn't go in against Wichita State. Uh, or excuse me, against, pardon me, San Diego State. Uh, they missed some free throws down the stretch, too, that, because they cut it to two with under a minute to go, but they had already missed some free throws that they usually made. And then what it came down to is they had they gave up five or six live ball turnovers, and, you know, and it turned into about six to eight points in the open floor for San Diego State, and it was just the, the you know, the difference in the game. Alabama was up nine with 12 minutes to go, and got sloppy on defense and then did not make shots. And Darion Trammell made a lot of tough shots for San Diego State, and that's just the way it is. But I still, it's disappointing, but I still don't think it takes away from the great year Alabama had. And what people have to understand with Nate Oates is they, they get frustrated and say, well, Alabama, you know, just didn't, you know, they let an opportunity get away from them. You know, they may never get back. Can't think about it like that. Nate Oates has only been there four years and, He's done things that hadn't been done since, you know, the early 90s and 92. He's already won two SEC titles. The last one had been in 91. He's won two SEC champ 
tournament titles already, and they hadn't won an SEC regular season since 02 under Mark Godfrey, and he's already done that twice. So, and, he, and to prove it, he lost his entire coaching staff, Charlie Henry to Georgia Southern, Brian Hodgson to Arkansas State, and then now finally Antoine Fetway to Kennesaw State, yet he's in the process of revamping his staff. The recruiting is still going well, and I talked to somebody yesterday, and this guy is very, very high up, and he just told me, look, Nate's, Nate's saying, look, there's a lot of kids that want to play here. They may have lost Jaden Bradley to the transfer portal. If they feel like they're going to, they've replaced him with Aaron Estrada uh, in the trail right cell, and they also, you know, they, they, you know, they, every, and, and everybody's losing kids to the portal. I mean, that, that's just the way it is in this kind of climate now, no doubt about it. And they lost uh, Namari Burnett, but again, that's why they got Latrell Wright sell and Aaron Estrada and Jaquan Walton. They still feel like uh, they're going to reload, and it looks like they're going to. And certainly, I think they can. They're loading up for another big run. And then, not to mention now. He's back on the market, the top 2024 prospect in the state, uh, LeBaron Phylon, decommitted from Auburn with West Flanagan leaving to go there to Ole Miss. Certainly Ole Miss will be involved, but so will Alabama. So uh, it's a great time to be an Alabama basketball fan. I still think they're going to get the arena built, uh, you know, in the, in the near future. Not, I mean, not within a year, but they're going to get the money raised. They're going to get it built and keep Nate Oates here. And that's the key because if they can get this arena built and continue to uh, you know, uh, uh, to step up their NIL game, which they are, then Alabama is going to be a force, uh, you know, in uh, in, in uh, college basketball. And I think it's just, it's the best time in Alabama Alabama basketball since the late '80s, early '90s when we had it rolling. And there's no doubt that uh, that right now that uh, that uh, Nate Oates has it rolling as well. Thomas, do you have anything you wanted to add? Oh, in terms of basketball. Um, I actually, you know, this was a missed opportunity in terms of getting to the Final Four with this team. But that doesn't mean it's the only opportunity that Alabama basketball will have. I think, yeah. they're, you know, they're in the conversation. And that's that, beyond a certain point, that's all you can expect, if you ask me. Because a lot of the NCAA tournament is pretty matchup dependent. Now, occasionally you get a very veteran team that just does what San Diego State did or what, you know, what one of Jay Wright's Villanova teams that just, you know, went nuclear fire and just bombed people out of the gym. And that that's just part of it. But, you know, Alabama was in the conversation. They were the number one overall seed, which means, you know, you know by almost every measure, they had the best regular season of anybody. That's you know you can certainly get into they were this in this metric and they were this in this metric and they were this in this metric yada yada yada, and a bunch of people aggregated them and that's what they said made Alabama basketball's regular season so spectacular. But for me, I, you know I'm sorry I've I, I've never lived through I lived through Gottfried which was fun, but for me whenever Alabama basketball has a good season or they're, they're in competition I really just enjoy the ride. I'm not a football only guy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lose my mind because so-and-so didn't play well because they can't do some odd thing. I'm perfectly content being a casual basketball fan and clapping when they play well and saying, we'll get them next time when they play poorly and move on from there. I had fun this season. And at the end of the day, sports, like this is one of the things that just blows my mind about fans. How can you be doing something that you're supposed to enjoy and walk around pissed off? about it the whole time so yeah and and so for me do i hate it for the team absolutely you know they're going to take it a hundred times worse than i can but you know i had fun doing it i look forward to next year because of it and you've got to feel good about where the program is trending and if you watched basketball games with me this past season i'm going to close with this cut the check build the arena drew yeah, no doubt. That's the next big step, no question. But uh, it's been another great year of BAMS radio. We had a great regular season, and we, of course, have wrapped up, uh, you know, spring football. And uh, well, I'm sure as it, it pertains, we'll, we'll be back with you maybe uh, later in the summer uh, when practice is about to start. But uh, we always love everybody's uh, support. And, uh, 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 you know, I got messages yesterday People were anticipating and waiting for this episode. 
Uh, we couldn't do it and wouldn't do it without you guys. We appreciate everybody listening. Uh, I appreciate William Redfish Barger uh, joining us each week and taking time out of his schedule and Thomas the Wizard Watts. But for everyone, we're very excited about year 17. Wow, for Nick Saban uh, coming up in the fall on in early September when Middle Tennessee comes to town. Uh, it'll, you know, fall practice will be here before we know it. But for everyone, we appreciate you supporting us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed A-Day and another productive spring practice for Alabama. But good night, everybody, and roll tide.